You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Wednesday edition is our stock up, stock down midweek as we travel toward Week 15 from Week 14, whose stock is up, whose stock is down, and a little fantasy football angle for those of you in the fantasy football playoff realm as well this week. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, the scout Matt Williamson, a must-follow, at WilliamsonNFL. L. And this week, there's one that's been missing from our stock up, stock down, Matt, for a couple of weeks. And I want to shout out our listener, Hoyt, who is wondering why we have not given enough pub to Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard, who's playing as good as anybody in the league. And in fact, he's leading the league in interceptions, I think a streak of five straight games with a pick. And according to Pro Football Focus, if you need another set of eyes and looking for grades there and not believing what you're seeing with that Miami defense, Xavier Howard is the highest graded cornerback in the league, according to PFF as well. So, you know, cross-checking and everything, statistics, how he's playing, how he looks, how that entire defense is playing, Xavier Howard, a huge stock up. We probably have not talked about him enough. Uh, He's headed toward an all-pro season right now in 2020. Yeah, I I think... Jalen Ramsey's the best corner in the league, and he's used a much more variety of ways than people realize. He just doesn't lock down number one, but he he can. And I just think he's rarely, rarely gifted. But I think Howard, maybe Jari Alexander, is right there and the, you know nipping on his heels at number two. He's interception every week. That I mean, he's basically their McCordy. I mean, you always have to think about Miami's defense through a Patriot lens and with him and Jones, who's also ridiculously talented, he's more talented than Howard. Howard is just a great football player and is in the perfect scheme for him in his prime. He's a top two or three guy right now and seems to be overlooked a little bit. Absolutely. And yeah, Byron Jones was a freak of nature. He was like 45 inch vertical, like a stupid NBA vertical and speed and, right. you know, the, it looks the part as much. But uh, Xavier Howard is, is probably just a pure, better baller. And he's playing at a super high level right now and perfect scheme for him and a lot of man coverage there. So definitely deserves it. So shout out to Hoyt. I think that's how you pronounce his name, our listener Hoyt. So thank you. It's been a couple of weeks coming. We've wanted to talk about this. We did something a little bit different on some Wednesdays. So Xavier Howard playing as good as anybody 
really on defense around the NFL right now. And there's multiple players I've seen stand out on that Miami defense because we just kind of give a blanket credit to Brian Flores with what that Miami defense is doing. But there's a lot of individual players that are playing well right now. And one that really stood out to me last week and recently is Raquan Davis, defensive tackle rookie from Alabama, who kind of, you know, he was a big time recruit and so such a monstrous guy and a huge human being. And you thought, okay, this is another future first round pick for Alabama's defense in the interior and kind of didn't put together the college career production that you expected from him, but he had the talent there and Miami drafted him in the second round and he's been a beast inside for them. Uh, And Emmanuel Ogba's given them a little bit of juice off the edge. Christian Wilkins, another high defensive uh, interior defensive lineman that they drafted in the first round last year has been playing really well. So there's numerous players that are, that are really uh, helping out that Miami defense. It's not just great coaching. They put a lot of resources into that side of the ball, and a lot of guys are playing well. Yeah, and I'll be honest. Like, whenever they made some signings, Lawson and Van Noy, and, and, you know, Van Noy's the perfect guy to bring the Patriot system and all that type of thing, and Ogba even, I'm, I kind of looked at me like, man, they gave that guy probably $2 million more than they should have. You know, that, that that's a C-plus, B-minus level free agent that they're play, paying like a B. But they had a, 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 a something in place. I mean, they, they had a plan that if I use him situationally here and I kick him inside and I'm not going to ask Davis to be a short yardage, nose tackle type. He's going to be a long athletic, go up and get you in the middle of the field. We're going to rotate guys in. That's the beauty of it is the plan in place for all these different chess pieces. We have a, a role in mind for each and every one of them. And they don't have Nick or Joey Bosa or Miles Garrett or somebody like that that just wins all the time. They, they scheme it up and they use these guys properly. And doesn't that the screen screen Belichick? It absolutely does. And here's the thing is they've got that extra first round pick. They got two first rounders this year. And you could really see how maybe that defensive end, that stud edge rusher, if there's somebody there with either the Houston pick that's probably going to be top five for them in the draft. And that's where you have to draft one of those freaks and one of those Bosa's and chase youngs. I don't think there's that level of player there, but there are some players that might be worthy of that selection, or maybe you get a playmaker on offense with that pick. And then you go with a, you know, or maybe a, an offensive lineman, another offensive tackle to protect Tua there long-term, or maybe they go quarterback and, and Tua's is not the guy. So they go a lot of directions and fix a lot of things, but I bet defensive end is used on one of those two first round picks that they have. Yeah. And it brings me to a different conversation, and this often happens to us on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I didn't plan on going down this road, but when you're Belichick and you know we're never going to pick in the top 10. I mean, this year aside, I'm talking about the Brady years. Mm-hmm. You can't say, well, we'll end up getting next year's Chase Young. You know, like you still have to get pressure. So (laughs) you know you're never going to – I mean, there's very few examples of top pass rushers that aren't top 10 picks, like the Bosa's, Chase Young, Miles Garrett, over and over and over there. That's where you find those guys. And (laughs) I'm going to go off on a couple tangents here. TJ Watt's one that comes to mind. You get the end of the first round, but that's rare. So if you're a team, and the Steelers are sort of like this, that you know you're you're pretty much going to be in the top half of the first round no matter what. You can't count on having elite pass rushers, and that's been the key to the Patriots uh, during their dynasty is we're not going to get in the top five and get those guys, so we better scheme it up with corner play, and that, that's one position they've always paid, much like Miami. They wouldn't give Revis money. They give Gilmore money. 
uncharacteristically because they have to have at least one stud and we're going to get home through blitz because we're not going to get premium pass rushers. And strangely, the one they had, Chandler Jones, they let get away. You know, people forget about that. They actually had one. And I don't know if you saw this clip, but when the Steelers played Washington, it cracked me up and it hit home. But Tomlin went up to Chase Young, and I think they had it on Inside the NFL. And he gave him a huge compliment, but a backhanded one. He said, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> he, said, he said something like, boy, I hope we're never bad enough to get somebody like you. <laughs> and that's right. exactly it. You know, like. It, uh, my sister can scout Chase Young. You know, you got to be. I mean, at the, at the, in the the best draft ever, he's going to go third or fourth or fifth. So you have to be terrible to get those guys. And as we all know, Matt Williamson's sister is uh, the Matt Millen of of scouts when it comes to the draft. <laughs> right. She always That's wants to take a wide receiver for. in the first round, but even she would have taken Chase Young. Yeah. Uh, and I think <laughs> if there's one name for Miami or another team that is going to take that uber talented edge player that meets all the height, weight, speed, and length. It's Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. Mm. I think he's only a redshirt sophomore this year, so we'll see if he declares. I don't think I, I haven't heard anything specific. There's only been a couple of players that have said they would declare, and a lot of them didn't play at all or very little in the college season and kind of opted out. But 6'5", 260, looks the part, just you know has everything, and, and he might be that guy. And maybe this is their one shot to try to draft that style of player in Miami if they want to do that, or they'll just stick to the plan cover guys better and utilize, you know, a multitude of front seven players to create pressure and maybe they'll go with a, a playmaker and offensive lineman there, but it'll be fun with Miami and they can move around. And I mean, they could I'd say they have flexibility. They could trade back and get another first rounder and have two first rounders again next year. I mean, that would be the ultimate plan. If you're that confident in yourself to continually, uh, you know, utilize these extra picks. So you trade a player, Laramie Tunsil, you get a bunch of first rounders, then you use those first rounders to trade down again and and keep helping yourself into the future further and further and further. You know, there might be a team that wants to get up and get a quarterback. So you trade from pick five down to pick 12 or whatever and get another first rounder next year. Then next year, maybe you have another high pick and you, and you trade down again. And so you just continually have all these extra picks to give you more darts. And uh, that would be a pretty fantastic way to do things and 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 really put a put a rebuild into hyper mode, which is what we've seen happen so far in Miami. Uh, um, we're going another tangent that again, that's another Belichick move is mm -hmm. you, you keep adding these picks from the year before turn them into slightly better assets the next year, get a couple pieces you like, but you realize you don't have spots for 12, 13 rookies on your roster. So trade a third for somebody second next year, that type of thing. And just keep appreciating your assets and having them in your back pocket in case you have to, trade up for Andrew Luck. You know what I mean? Like in case you do want to make the big move or you get in trouble, you always have money in the bank. And I'm glad you brought up Rousseau because counterintuitive to everything I just said about the studs going super high, maybe this draft with all the opt-outs, you might be able to find that diamond that should be a top five pick, but you get him at 15 because there's no tape on him for a year and a half. Right. And that's going to be a huge aspect of this NFL draft. And we always use the... Um, the, the connection last year with the number one overall pick in the draft in Joe Burrow. If he didn't have that, that football season at LSU right, last right. year or in 2019 and put it on tape, then he would have been a, what, a sixth round pick? I don't know. So there's going to be yeah. diamonds in the rough for teams that do a really good job scouting or just get completely lucky. And this is going to be a wild draft because of that. And we've got plenty of time to talk NFL draft. We want to get going. We have a ton more stock up, stock downs. Matt, I know you have a, num uh, a bunch of them on the, the fantasy football slate in week 15 as well. So we'll get to those stock up, stock down next.
Do you want 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com? Well, listen up. I'll tell you how you can get a tasty treat, a protein bar that tastes like candy bar for 20% off. Right now, I'm staring at uh, a box of Built Bars that I built myself. You can mix and match three flavors. I love the peanut butter. I also wanted to try some other flavors, so I went with toffee almond and one of the six new flavors, cookies and cream. 130 calories in the cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate, not a brown colored flavored chocolate weird coating. It's legit chocolate. And it's delicious. I, I don't understand how they make these built bars taste so good and be low calorie and low sugar the way they are, but it's genius. Soft and easy to chew. Health conscious folks will like built bars, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a treat. And it's even great for a keto diet. Oh, yeah. And that 20% off. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. That is promo code locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, that was a long segment on the Miami Dolphins, Matt. I didn't expect us to go down that route with, with that team, but I think they're worthy of talking about. And I, and I love the way that things are being built there. And, and just the entire organization is a huge stock up for me with what they have in resources and, and how things have, have looked like they've gotten very correct with the coaching staff. And, and I think they have their quarterback. I mean, I think if I could throw it out there, Tua Tagovailoa probably should be a stock up right now with what we saw last week, even in a loss to the Chiefs. Um, he was asked to do a lot and brought that team back. Yeah, I thought that was a big test for him because he screams game manager, and that's not negative. I mean, the comparison for me with Tua is Drew Brees. You know, he's he can run. He's a good athlete. He's a very balanced, very twitchy, shorter, thicker body type. If you remember, Brees was an elite tennis player. And boy, can you see that with his lower body and his balance. And I think Tua has a lot of those traits. But get it out quick. Um, you know, accuracy, anticipation, that's going to be his style of play. And as a rookie, you're not going to have the Herbert throws and the wow stuff and even like the Josh Allen highs and lows because he's just not that type of player. But in this past week, they needed him to be a little outside his comfort zone, you know, bring us back. And he passed that test. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I've, I've sort of been hijacking this with all of my stock up, stock downs, Matt. So uh, what do you have on your list this week? Who are you liking coming up in week 15? I know there's a lot of folks out there that would like an edge in their fantasy football playoffs. I got a lot of them. Um, let's start with a, a low. Well, let's just start with the Dolphins because we were just talking to a, this is a bit down the road, but their receivers, including Gusecki and Parker, are really banged up. I'm talking deeper leagues with this one, but a guy that I think is really intriguing because the Raiders draft Lynn Bowden, then they trade him. He was a quarterback slash running back slash wide receiver. Well, Miami, as we were talking about before with their pass rushers, had a plan when they traded for this rookie, and he is just flat out their flock guy. I mean, think about Edelman. That's who Lynn Bowden's going to be. Randall Cobb's a perfect example. He played some quarterback in college. Lynn Bowden is grabbing that slot receiver role with Tua getting it out quick, you know, 
Drew Brees, these type of guys do really well with with top quick slot receivers. I think Lynn Bowden has a really exciting career ahead of him, and it's starting right now. This is the one that's mind blowing because I thought there was something character wise off the field, or you know, I didn't know what was going on with Las Vegas for them to give up on him so yeah, quickly. Weird. And obviously, the Dolphins liked him enough in the draft process to to take him on, but he was exactly what the Dolphins are using him like. That's what he was, and apparently the Raiders just missed the boat, and they, they wanted to force him into being a full-time running back, and that didn't yeah. make any sense to me. He was a slot receiver all day long, so uh, I don't really get that from a Las Vegas perspective. You you miss it. You whiff on the evaluation. You try to pit a, put a square peg into a round hole, and then now we're saying, oh, yeah, maybe this guy does have some talent. Maybe this is why he was drafted in the third round. And Miami's got it right. He he has that potential to be that, you know, jitterbug slot receiver that's the classic ex-quarterback. I mean, we see it all the time in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, fits to a perfectly. We were just talking about his skills. And I don't know this, but, you know, usually if you draft someone in the fifth round, you probably have like a third-round grade on them. I bet they had a, like a late second, third-round grade on Bowden and got word that the Raiders weren't happy once they got their hands on him and thought, you're you're using him wrong. I'll take him. Right. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it was obvious. It's like, well, you're using him wrong. No wonder you don't like him. Yeah, and for fantasy, some leagues, I'm pretty sure you can plug him in still as a running back or receiver. A little sneaky move there. Yeah, sneaky move there, sneaky move there. And it might not pay off now, but it's something to uh, look for definitely in, in keeper leagues and in, in dynasty leagues. He's going to have yeah. some value there for you. Uh, how about but he's catching balls now? That's my point. I mean, I think a couple <laughs> yeah. these, these these weeks right now, he's a little bit useful. Absolutely, and, and some teams might have a, a real roster crunch right now uh, you know, mm-hmm. with, with injuries and things. Uh, Jalen Hurts has to be a stock up here. Uh, I think one of the keys, and we talked about, look, his passing numbers weren't great compared to Carson Wentz in this game, but he had a ton of rushing. But I think the one thing that we didn't really talk about too much, which I think is really important, is his confidence. And I uh, listening to Louis DC, DiBiase of Locked On Eagles. He said it was, this guy was in command of the team for a rookie, and that was what he was most excited about. You know, forget the statistics, forget yeah, everything else. He was excited that this looked like a leader. This looked like a quarterback that was in charge out there during his rookie season, which I think is probably the best thing you could say for Jalen Hurts at this point, getting his first NFL start. That's great. Yeah, because I've talked about Hurts a lot lately, and I'm not a huge believer. I didn't love him coming out of school. He's not for me, but I'm open to the idea that he's better than I think. I mean, Herbert was better than I think. that You can't just be set in your, your ways as an evaluator. But I often say test number one for a first start quarterback is just a very simple eyeball do they look like they belong test and he looks like he belongs it's not too big for him and on the other on the flip side obviously the stock down there is Carson Wentz and Eagles fans are already like okay now how do we get out of this contract and a year ago if you said hey let me offer you a trade for Carson Wentz they would have lost their minds and said no way in heck are we trading our franchise quarterback now they drafted a second round rookie and uh, just Carson Wentz that season for the Eagles was a disaster and now there's legitimate thoughts of, of trying to get away from that. And, and that's very surprising to me. Carson Wentz could be wearing a different uniform next year. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, I have a spinoff of that, which again is very fantasy related. All mine are this on today is I had Hertz as a stock up. And I think Miles Sanders has to be a stock up. I mean, I have mentioned the locked on dynasty show I do with Ryan McDowell before Hertz became the starter. We did like a whole start, a whole show, on her or on Sanders and how disappointing he was and how much we loved him for dynasty. And then just this week, we're like, yeah, now I love him again. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it was that mm-hmm. quick. I mean, things can change super fast. 
but stock down all the Eagles receivers. I mean, including Goddard to Ertz. I mean, they don't, they're not going to throw the ball much at all. There's not, that's a very small pie for the receivers to feast on for fantasy. Yeah, and I had ridden Travis Fulgham pretty hard the early par- portion of the season yeah. once he broke out. Uh, he really helped me out in some leagues, and he's definitely someone who's going to ride my bench, I think, throughout the playoffs now, uh, even though he helped me get there in at least one league for sure, and he's on my roster in a couple of leagues. So uh, that's a great point there. He doesn't exist there. anymore. Right, you know, that, that is a great point. And, and you really can't confidently put anybody in. And there might be one or two guys that have big weeks, but it's really hard because the, the pie is much smaller now because the offense is going to be a little bit different. And uh, the guy to play is Hurts or nobody. Yeah, right. And Sanders, obviously. But oh, right. And Miles Sanders, right. Exactly. Right. In terms of the passing game, no. And certain Hertz is going to make easy throws to Sanders. Good point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know you have a ton, so I'm going to let you keep going. If you have some more stock up, stock downs you want to get to, we might have to get, start getting to them pretty quickly because we've taken a lot of time up on just the first few. Yeah, and I, I know we don't get to all of them. Um, you and I have been paying a lot of attention to rookie running backs. I think Taylor and Akers are really firmly entrenched as their studs. I think Dobbins is basically on the cusp of doing that. So I think that's a stock up that could be a league winning situation for you this final month. If you're patient. Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited about that because I have either Dobbins or acres in every single league and some, uh, one league I have both of those guys and, Man, uh, it was really nice to see Akers in my lineup last week, and it, there were the signs were there that he was going to be the bell cow, and he really was. And over twenty carries, he didn't even get in the end zone, and still got me twenty plus points. So uh, that was awesome, and, and that's fantastic to see. So Cam Akers, just deploy him as necessary. He's an RB one essentially at this point going forward yeah. the rest of the season for me, even ahead of both Taylor and Dobbins. Even though I know Taylor had a really big week, I think I even trust Akers more right now but you're right all three of those guys you can deploy as necessary and it took a little while took longer than it takes rookies but they're ready to go and that's it it, it was a matter of time we kind of knew it and we we had kept we kept talking about it i had had i swatted away a few trade offers for those guys for cam (laughs) Akers especially people are trying to buy low and i said nope not selling low on this guy sorry and uh so i'm glad i did not brandon Ayuk. i mean unfortunately it corresponds with debo being out but i can't i mean i'm sure you can't either for real football I can't wait to watch Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle on the field together, mm-hmm. hopefully for a long stretch next year. I don't even care who the quarterback is. But for now, Ayuk is highly fantasy relevant and is doesn't get mentioned with the top rookie receivers enough. Right. And speaking of PFF grades, I think he's second graded rookie wide receiver right now after Justin Jefferson, too, with the streak mm. he's been on. He's had at least five catches and 75 yards the last five games Ayuk has. And uh, last week he had 16 targets with Debo out, expecting to be targeted heavily. And yeah, against that Cowboys defense, deploy Brandon Ayuk in any league that you have him in. If there is a league that he happens to be a free agent, uh, pick him up and plug him in. He could be a league winner for you in the playoffs. He'll get at least a dozen targets this next game. They're finding ways to get the ball in his hands. And as you mentioned, those three guys, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, they're called the Yak Bros. That was Debo Samuel who named that. And hopefully Debo and Kittle get healthy and we can see a lot of the Yak Bros next year. But that just means more targets for Brandon Ayuk right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, An easy one for me is Kyler Murray. I think this past week was highly encouraging that he probably got over that two or three week stretch with a bad shoulder. So I don't know if we spend a lot of time there, but I'm pretty confident that we'll see the, the, 
the Kyler we've known and loved, you know, going forward. That's a good one. Good news for his fantasy owners. Good news for the Cardinals at the right time, getting over that little bit of a speed bump they had. They're back to fully operational. Their defense playing well. Stock up, stock down. Week 15 in the NFL. A little fantasy football angle today on Peacock and Williamson. Okay, Matt, let's finish strong. Stock up, stock down. Looking at it through a fantasy lens a little bit on today's program. Any more thoughts here heading into week 15? I have two trends to kind of talk about is first of all, this is basically a stock down, but there are some stars that were drafted very high in your fantasy league, namely Mixon, McCaffrey, Julio, that if I'm the owners of those NFL franchises, I'm telling everyone, we're not playing those guys. We just gave them all kinds of money. Maybe they could get back late in the year. I guess Kittle would fit that mold as well at this point. Like, yeah, maybe they could play in your fantasy Super Bowl, but I wouldn't count on them. I wouldn't be, I'm not saying cut them, but I wouldn't be holding out hope that, oh, I'll be getting McCaffrey back for my Super Bowl because NFL owners should not think that way. (laughs) Protect your assets. (laughs) Absolutely. And actually, George Kittle's practice window opened this week. He might get on the practice field. He's not going to play this week, but who knows? Maybe there's a chance he's in there for your fantasy finals week but uh, I wouldn't bet on it and yeah it's been a really disappointing season for those guys and Mixon and and Christian McCaffrey's the worst one because about a month ago it was like okay he's practicing he's gonna come back and he's gonna play for my fantasy team it's like nope no he's not and it's looking like again week 15 that he's not gonna play so they might just shut him down for the season I don't know if he's I don't really know why they haven't said they're gonna shut him down at this point if he's if he's still not able to play uh, maybe he will play the last couple of weeks but yeah you're right I mean when you think in long term about these assets and highly paid players and both Kittle and um, Christian McCaffrey just got huge contracts before this season did Mixon just get paid too yeah he did yeah so all three Julio's making big money I would not rush Julio back oh geez yeah the Julio one is tough because that's just a constant with Julio and you you hope that um, some of these other players don't have that type of career where they're just constantly injured and, and this is part of it Okay, rest them then. If you don't want them to be that player who's constantly injured, don't rush them back. Get them right for next year. Here's another trend I just want to throw out because this time of year, I like to remind people this for fantasy, that if when the, when the fantasy season ends, ESPN always does a, a very good article about these are the players in all the ESPN fantasy leagues out there that were on the highest percentage of Super Bowl winning teams or money winning teams. And, you know, last year, think back, Lamar would have been at the top of the list. You know, you got him in the 11th or 12th round. He was the MVP, total superstar. McCaffrey was not the first overall pick, but had a historically great year. But where I'm going with this isn't those guys. The guys that were at the top of the list are Rashad Perryman. Tyler Higby. And you're like, what are you talking about, Williamson? Well, if you recall, think back just 365 <laughs> days ago, those guys blew up in December. They blew up the last three or four weeks of the year during your fantasy playoffs. So I'm not sure I have all the answers who this year's Brashad Perryman's going to be or who's going to be, you know, Tyler Higby's going to put four great games in a row during your fantasy playoffs and win you a ton of money. But those are the guys that win you money. So be very open to the idea of adding that hot player that has a lot of opportunity and not no one in his way and start them. 
Yes, that's that's the tough part about this fantasy thing is picking the right guys in the right week because there might be a player that you believe in who hasn't broken out yet, like Cam Akers, and then he finally breaks out and it pays off for you. And then sometimes there's a guy who who's great early in the season and he's disappeared and you, and you can't trust him. And so there's a lot of field that goes into fantasy football and there's a lot of just crazy randomness. So that's why if you play four or five leagues, it helps out. And if you, because if you play just one league and you're putting everything in it and it's the big league with all your buddies and there's so much trash talk about it and you're putting everything into this one, it can really be heartbreaking. Uh, if, oh, yeah. uh, you know, when you think you have it and then all of a sudden, in the playoffs, you know, you're the one seed and you play against the eight seed and the eight seed rolls up 250 points on you because they just happen to go off and have all the right guys on the right day. Uh, it can it, fantasy football can absolutely break your heart. So I think that's why people who play a lot of fantasy football play a lot of leagues because eventually it all washes out and you get those averages where you want them and, and where you expect them to be at the end of the year. It's a good point. And you and I haven't had this conversation, but my, my the only redraft league I'm in is I'm with all my buds and they're my best friends from high school. But our the way we divvy out the chiclets at the end of the year, 50% goes to the guy with the highest point total for the year. And then 35 goes to the Super Bowl winner and 15 goes to the Super to the point runner up. I like that distribution a lot. Like usually the Super Bowl winner is not the best team all year. Right. I like that too. Yeah. Uh who there should be a regular you season. Up. You, there, there's, you get the Super yeah. Bowl and the, the top you know. So if you're the best team all year, you get that reward because that's the, the marathon, yeah. right? And then you could get awarded for the sprint. Maybe the same team gets both and you truly were the best team all year. I love that. No, I think there always should be a regular season award when there's money involved. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. So I just wanted to throw that out there too. I think that's the best way to structure the payouts. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Uh, David Montgomery, one more player I had on my list that deserves to stock yeah. up. I think we've talked about him recently, but he's, uh, he's really recaptured uh, where, you know, a lot of folks thought he would be a couple of years ago and it didn't start off well, but uh, a lot of teams probably wrote him into the fantasy football playoffs too, because there's so much attrition at the running back position and so many injuries and all of a sudden you have a guy who you probably drafted you know fairly high but not high high expecting to carry you into the playoffs but all of a sudden David Montgomery getting hot at the right time leading a lot of people into the playoffs and probably into the next round after uh, some really good weeks recently so I just wanted to shout out David Montgomery because I don't think we were too kind about him because we were just not kind about everybody on the uh, the Bears offense but Allen Robinson and David Montgomery uh, are, are carrying that offense right now in Chicago. Yeah, and Trubisky's been okay, so they are getting first downs Which and helps, staying on right. the field, and you know that's key. And they're feeding Montgomery and Robinson at a very high clip. I don't think he's a special player, but volume is king for fantasy, and he certainly fits that mold. Uh, what My last stock up is sort of similar in that he's not a sexy running back, but he's had success. Melvin Gordon is good, you know, like, don't don't think, boy, I should get better than Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's fine. He catches passes. Lindsey's in and out of the lineup. That offense moves the ball whether they're losing or not. Not sexy at all, but he has a lot of value. I like the way Melvin Gordon plays, too. He plays his butt off. And, uh, you know, that's yes. it doesn't get you fantasy points, but I think that does play out in some regards. And, you know, he's going to stay on the field as coaches like him. And uh, it just makes you feel better. You're like, you're, you know, you're, you're not going to have that. That fantasy asset that caves on you. He's going to play his butt off all season for it. for your real team and your fantasy team. He catches passes. He gets the yeah. goal line work. You know, I mean, it, he's in all the right situations. Although Philip Lindsay was on the field quite a bit last week, and that always worries was, me when there's, a, when there's a back that's very different that maybe game scripts might lean one toward the other. So that's why it's so important to have 
uh, a running back that a team trusts in the passing game because then if a game script goes haywire, you can at least get some receptions. He can still be on the field for you. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Situation's very important. All right, uh, we're out of time here, Matt. All good right. stuff. Always fun looking at stock up, stock downs. We'll continue to do it the rest of the year. We'll probably check in on some stock up, stock downs in the offseason as well. And uh, I enjoyed the little fantasy angle we had on the stock up, stock down this week as well. Good luck to those of you in your fantasy football playoffs. Matt and I will be back tomorrow with Chris Raybon of the Action Network looking at those Sunday games, making our six-pack of best Bets right here, Peacock and Williamson.